it. All right, so the first question, what do women want and what do men want? That is the primary focus of this conversation. <laughs> do not be afraid to go there with your comments. I just ask everyone keep it tasteful. Um, I don't care how far we go, just in terms of uh, love, sex, and relationship, that being our topic, I want to explore it all. So um, I guess we'll start with the ladies, <laughs> the two ladies, Yolan. Let me start with you. What is it that you want um, in relationship, in, in love? Well, discovering myself and discovering what relationship really means I've definitely learned that friendship is really, really important. Um, and I say that because in my younger years, in my younger years of experience of dating, I always thought I had to be the girlfriend, which meant I had to dress up all the time. I had to smell nice, look nice, be proper, you know, wear heels, be real feminine. Um, but never took into consideration that a friendship should be the foundation of the relationship where you get to know that person. It's not just, oh, I look good on this, this guy's arm, but actually know who he is and know what he's about and how we can communicate, how we vibe, um, if we're compatible, um, and just being able to you know discover each other. So I think friendship, again, is really super important in um, cultivating a relationship. I love that. And I think for myself, um, I love the way that you speak of friendship because that is the primary, that's the foundation of relationship. Owning that friendship and knowing that, you know what, I'm rocking with my best friend. Someone yeah. who I can just let my hair down with I don't have to be in glam all the time. I can say what I want, be who I want and, and just feel my pulse. And I think a lot of times women, we kind of overlook that in trying to take on a relationship and change people or you know, master some project or idea of a person. We could either potentially fall in love with or you know, we could somehow feel like, oh, you know, one day he'll achieve this level and he will be the man for me. So I, I when I think of it for myself, I definitely want someone who's prim primarily God-fearing, that being first and foremost. I don't feel like I can do anything outside of God. When we have disagreements, that needs to be the forefront. Like we have something to go to, that being the Bible and prayer. And after that, I just, you know, I need to really look at our values you know, his morals, my morals, what we stand for, our purpose, and try and find out, you know, what the flaws are. Some people, you know, at my age anyway, you know, are coming into a relationship with children, you know, um, you may not have a career, you may have a job. Um, there are a lot of factors, but, you know, primarily if I have someone who is God-fearing and um, I can really have that um, compatibility with, I feel like that is a start for achieving success in a relationship. There's so much more, but that, that is the foundation for me. 
Lewis, you are sighing too much for me. Okay. <laughs> <You are sighing. laughs> and I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> over to the men, the men in the men's panel. So um, let's see, let's do it in alphabetical order. I have two L's. So Leo, don't do the side eye, Leo. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> Leo, let's go first. Ready, ready for it. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, I guess the question is, what am I looking for? Um, I would say my foundation of what that would be would obviously be very similar to what ladies mentioned, which is the friendship aspect and having, you know, that strong relationship with God or that interest more importantly to God. Um, not everyone knows God and those that know God, they only know, you know, God by their own education or their own experience. And, you know, even that introduction can cause future chaos because there's that assumption of, okay, you've identified that name, but are they sharing exactly the beliefs that you believe in the very way and actions that you believe it? So um, I would rather keep that area open so that it allows conversation and dialogue and you know learning learning and then that ability to really become more compatible um not just in the relationship aspect but just in that friendship piece um but someone who has a great sense of humor you know for me i need someone who who likes to laugh laughing is great for the abs and it's definitely great for the face so, and plus it shows that you're willing to enjoy life and live life and not take life so seriously. Uh, I, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people's stereotype of me is a massive contradiction. And it's usually because they don't know me. You know, I come off as, uh, it, it appears that I come off as a very serious person, but you know, deep down I'm really a, a cornball, goofball, you know, joker who likes to smile and laugh. But that doesn't mean that I, cannot conduct business when business needs to be handled so just being able to have that versatility and you know being able to have a you know great sense of humor um, but actionable ambition is another one and, and I think that's something that's lacking in the generation as as it's transitioning interestingly enough um, actionable ambition so I'll just cut it really like that you know having a very good friend um, a woman that I could consider as my friend, you know, has an idea of who God is and is interesting in learning more through a journey rather than a program and um, sense of humor with actionable ambition, putting actions to your ambitions. That's I, love really it. It. I love it. All right, Lewis, it's my turn to sigh. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, mess did you guys get a message that came up? I didn't know my end. No. The court got it extended. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. Okay, so um, it's I, it, I, I don't struggle with this. I think um, that is a what do a woman want? What do a man want? I think it's it's broad, and you have to. For me, I have to cut it up and to um, different pieces. So number one, um, I if I want to be a friend with a woman, I'm pursuing her friendship. 
So the characteristics of a woman, yes, the expectations of you, you, you definitely want to be around someone, great personality, um, all those different things, you know, she's a woman of God or she, you know, she, you know, she, she has a work in progress with her maker. Um, she has a great head on her shoulder. She has discernment, um, all those different things when I'm pursuing as a friend. When I'm pursuing as a, a woman as someone that's going to be my, my mate um, to, to be loved, to grow in love with, I'm not pursuing her as a friend. I'm pursuing her as that. And one of the reasons why I do that because I want her to know I'm not trying to be her friend right now. I am interested in you. I'm trying to get to know you. I'm trying to get to understand you as a woman. And I still want those characteristics. But I want you to know I'm pursuing you because I want us to be, you know, hopefully in a relationship. Because if I don't do that, I'm, I don't want to leave myself open up to be friend zoned. Because when you're too friendly um, and you treat it as like a friend, you know, it still leaves room for others to move in if she don't really understand where you're trying to come from. Um, that's just one layer. Um, not only that, it can also open up the doors that if I'm, if I'm trying to be your friend, I can try to be someone else's friend. You could do the same thing. At what point do you narrow it down? Because if I'm pursuing you as someone that I want to be with, I, I'm not looking at you to have multiple friends. I'm not looking at you to be friendly with so many people and there's no room for you to really get into a relationship if that's something that we talked about. So when I pursue a woman, I'm pursuing her as I want her to be my woman. I'm going to pursue her so she understands and know I'm trying to be in a relationship. Therefore, she knows and understand where I'm coming from. So I'm not trying to be friend zoned. I'm not trying to be, you know, okay, we cool and everything. I, we can do that. But I really want you to understand that I'm really pursuing you, um, especially if the interest is there. I'm pursuing you. And I want you to know that. Because if I don't do that, it does leave the door open for someone else to pursue her and come off differently where she can find interest in something else. So that's why I said for me, it's a little different. Um, the characteristics and everything else is the same, but my pursuing or my what I want in a woman um, is definitely part of how I pursue her. You know, if I'm trying to be your friend, I'm gonna be just that, I'm gonna be your friend and you're gonna know that and you can't get confused. This way, you know, either I'm looking to seek a relationship and to be with you. And throughout that time, once we're doing that and we get together and we start to learn each other, friendship is a, is a journey, just like my brother said, it's a journey. It is, it's a continuous process. It's an ongoing, so it's not a, a, a stationary area. It's something I will continue to do and to put that effort forward. Um, as a longevity versus me just being friends with you. I think sometimes women can get confused because they do look at men as leaders. They do look at men as knowing what they want and um, going after what they want. And if you confuse her by just being her friend, you're not really going after her. You're trying to be her friend and she can feel like, okay, well, he liked me, but is he really trying to like me like me? Is he trying to be with me or is he trying to just be my friend? And that can sometimes get confused. I've heard numerous conversations when women talk about that, when some men are, when they're interested in a man, you've got one man that's just calm and collective, just trying to be cool. There's another man that's going after her. 
and he's making and he's making it known I want to be with you and I'm not trying to have anybody else pursue you. Food for thought. Serious food for thought. Oscar. Yay. All right. Huh? I said, what is it that Oscar wants? Well, what did he want <laughs> once upon a time from his wife, his potential wife? <laughs> well, I'm 47 now. And, you know, as I mentioned in our last, our initial call, you know, I was previously married 15 years. And the thing that I wanted, I believe I got that. So I went through the phases of this is what I want. And I had all my lists. I get that, you know, but I'm at a point now that want in a relationship most is once I get my list, everything that I want, I want there to be consistency. For example, I can say I want a, a wife that's, you know, committed. I want, you know, a wife that's godly. You know, I want us to um, uh, have fun and, and laugh together, go on, a, you know, do adventurous type things. For me, what's important at this point in my life is regardless of the challenges that we face as a couple in our relationship, don't change, right? Remain committed to that thing. Because if we, if we said that, hey, we are in this for the long haul, but if we're mad at each other, we stop communicating. You know, that's on both sides, you know, or... You know, we're mad, so we, we, let's say the couple, you know, you don't go out anymore. You know what I mean? For that long period of time. Or, hey, it's, it's, it's the holidays and we don't do for each other like we did before because we're angry. So for me, it's the consistency. You know, I can say, oh yeah, you know, I want a spouse that, you know, would allow me to take the lead or, or if she takes the lead, you know, but then when there's conflict in a relationship, it's, hey, you're, you're on your own. You know, and I've seen that a lot in, in relationships where I'm committed to you as long as you make me happy. <laughs> right. So for me, what I want is if I'm committed to you and you make me angry, I don't want to be the type of man to be like, you know what, I'm going to withhold my love from you or my commitment from you or my affection from you because I'm angry, I'm pissed off at you, vice versa. If you're upset at me, I don't want you to now, oh, well, I'm not gonna hug, I'm not gonna kiss, I'm not gonna, you know, do the things that brought us together. So I'm just, I just want you to be, you know, that, that person to be uh, uh, anchored in the relationship, like I'm anchored in the, in the relationship, bottom line. Hey, Nicole, just real quick. I mean, I, I definitely can relate to what he's saying. And I was married for seven years um, and I got married young. And I just found myself, I, I guess what changed with me in understanding where he's coming from, because it is that consistency. It is that not necessarily for me change, because I think change is inevitable. Uh, we will change as we grow. We will change, but we need to change together or we need to stay in communication in line together so that that change is not 
a, a part change. It's, an, it's a change that we come together and learn from each other. Um, so I, I do think change is inevitable. But I had got to the point after my marriage where I had to learn, I'll put it this way. I did not understand the woman she grew up to be. Mm-hmm. Okay, which put me in a position to say, okay, if I want to do this again, if I want to get married again, and I do believe marriage is a beautiful thing. I do believe love works and you know relationship works and marriage work. Um, if I wanted to do it, do it again, I had to learn better. I had to get better, and I have to understand um, a woman much better than I thought I did. Um, and I had to learn how to be a man with a woman and learn how to be a man without a woman. Because one of the things that I had previously was being a man, you know, without a woman, when I got with her, I didn't know how to be one, which struggled, which caused friction, which caused those communication problems, which caused, you know, the um, stubbornness. Um, And I truly had to get better at doing something, which I had to reprogram myself of who I was as a man and start looking at it from a learning standpoint. Um, so I, I definitely agree with, you know, with Oscar saying, because it's important. Some of those consistency things that you want to see and continue, no matter if you're upset, mad, happy, it, it, we're in this together, you know, and it, it needs to be something we grow together. And no matter what happens, we stay on this on one page. Cause I, I, I think a lot of people and not to belabor the point, but I think a lot of people treat relationships like the return policy on a <laughs> or an appliance. It's like they start off saying, you know, already going into it, like, okay, what's the return policy? Yeah, you have your standards. Right. You know what? I'm not going to compromise on this. I'm not going to be, you know, compromise on that. Yeah, you should have those standards. But when the relationship starts to get uh, serious and we're moving forward, I, I know people, they're quick to pull out, well, what does that return policy say? Oh, we're, we're angry. Well, let's just consider, you know, just break it up. Fine print, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? And you're looking for the negatives, like, oh, well, you didn't do this, so I'm out. Oh, you know what? Right. I had nine, oh, no, you know, five years after five years, if we have issues, then I'm out. I'm, I'm going to go on and look for, for another relationship. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of, you know, get things fixed up, so. I love that. And Leo, you presented a very, very good question um, along um, with this subject. This is personal presentation in public and private. Are there expectations and requirements for your partner to meet truthfully? And why does it truly matter? So Jalon, what is your take on that? Let's start with you. I thought that this was a really good question along with the subject of what we want as male and female. Are there expectations, requirements for your partner to meet truthfully? <sighs> that topic is very sketchy only because it's like, should you have expectations or should you not? I think it depends on the degree to which you have expectations. Um, I mean, I would expect my partner to be committed if they are, you know, if we come to a mutual agreement that we want to be in this relationship. 
I would expect them to follow up with what it means to be committed as far as being honest, um, very you know, open, transparent, communicate openly. So those are some things that I would expect to come from wanting to actually commit to a relationship with someone. Um, when it comes to expectations of, I think, well, let me backtrack. I think where we get twisted with expectations is we fall in love with potential. You see someone, you think they're attractive, you, you're intrigued by them, something sparks your interest, you meet, you talk, you get to know them, and then you start to think about, well, if we move this relationship along, what would it look like? And then you start to miss certain things. You start to miss red flags, if you will, um, or just things that you had on your list. Because I know a lot of times we make a list like deal breakers, you know, things that we want, what we're looking for, what we don't want. And a, a lot of times we will, you know, overlook some of those things, some of those things because we have set this person on a pedestal to where, oh, they have potential to be this. And, you know, I think if I, with time, try to mold them into that person, then I think it'll work out. And then a lot of times we're, you know, devastated when those things that we expected to happen don't. And we are faced with reality that this is actually not something that I wanted. I just thought that if I just kind of, you know, worked with it or just kind of, you know, overlooked it, that it would go away. And those things don't go away. You have to be openly expectant that mm. you're going to receive and what, you know, who they are. You have to, to go with real expectations that this person is who they are, you're deciding to be with them and flaws and all in, 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 in a sense. So I think expectations can be good, but at, at times we do set ourselves up a lot of times where we don't take it at face value. I love that. Mine is consistency. If you worked out, <laughs> and I'm not being shallow, but if you worked out when I first met you and you had, you know, a lot of things about your character, you were a non-smoker, your dressing room, your hygiene, everything was a certain way. I don't expect that to change. I'm sorry. Like, I understand that our BMI will change as we get older. Our metabolism slows down. However, you know, without being shallow, I expect you to maintain, you know, what you presented to me. And that should not have been a facade, a representative, a, just, you know, someone that you pretended to be. I expect consistency. And I feel like, you know, a lot of times um, in my discussions with other people, that is like the number one thing that I hear is, you know, he's not the same. And as you stated earlier, Jalon, deal breakers, I believe that's when it does become a factor because it's like, you know what, 
you wasted six to eight months of our time, not just my time, but, you know, our time when you could have just, you know, kept it real all along. And for me, I know that there are serious, you know, things that matter to me, that being health primarily. Um, mm -hmm. If you tell me that you go to church and you have a relationship with the Lord and you're just putting on and, you know, later I'm noticing, you know, your attendance is slacking, you know, you're not proactive, you don't pray. You know, I'm always asking you to pray and, you know, to engage in worship with me. That is a problem. So I think that, you know, that is the number one um, requirement for me is consistency. I think, um, Louis, you touched on that a little earlier. That is huge. Absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. Leo? Um, I'm going <laughs> to play the gambler. I'm going to play the gambler. I don't want to say devil's advocate because we're, we're being very righteous. It's <laughs> <as> present. <laughs> We're being very righteous in this particular uh, so I'm playing a gambler. Uh, so when it comes down to consistency, and then Jalan, you mentioned expectations. Um, when you, what are those particular concerns or values? Are they focused on the physical over time, or are we talking about the behavioral? Because if let's say because most of the time when we hear those conversations or statements, um, they're not, he's not the same or she's not mm -hmm. the same. It often doesn't, it, do, it often doesn't like target the physical. It often targets behavioral mannerisms. So I, I just want a little bit more clarity or, or a little bit more well, um, interest in that. I was talking really about um, behavior. Um, I was just saying physical because that's what attracted you in the first place. But I'm saying you set yourself up when you decide to meet, like, you know, for instance, you're out and you're with your, your boys and, you know, she's with her girls and he, you come over, you know, and introduced yourself and she's like, oh, okay, he, I think he's cute. So you exchange numbers and things like that. You're both like physically attracted, you know, just at first glance. But when I say behavior, you getting to know that, that person and then you start to see little things like um, that's uh, red flags or, you know, like Erica said, not consistent with the things that you thought this person showed you, then you're going to be, you know, disappointed. Interesting. Interesting. So in other words, we could safely say that the interview process is a behavior that should kind of maintain itself throughout the course of the life of the relationship? Because we all know everybody puts on their best, uh, you no, know, appearance and best behavior at the intro. Process. I mean, the interview process is kind of like, what's your favorite color? You know, you know, what's your favorite food? You know, how, where have you traveled? I'm talking mm -hmm. about the consistent, and I think it's tying in with what Erica's saying now, now that you're asking this, the consistency mm -hmm. of actually being who you really are. Because like you said, Leo, the representative shows up, everybody puts their best foot forward, but then over time, you start to really become yourself. You get comfortable in being with this person and, and relating to this person and being around this person. So you're really showing your true colors, but I'm saying on the other person's side, when I first met you and, and had you in my mind where, oh, you're this perfect person, the expectations I'm putting on you to stay there without letting you be flawed in a sense, 
that's where the disappointment comes in because it's like your humanness is now um, in question. Like you're supposed mm. to be a perfect guy. You're supposed to say these perfect things, do these perfect things. You can't mess up, you know, but we're all human at the end of the day. And to put that on someone and not check yourself, you know, is where a lot of people will mess up because they're like, this person should be perfect. I'm trying to be perfect, but it never go. It life isn't that way. Things happen, you know. Situations arise, and even with new situations, you may not know. Like you, somebody reacted a certain way. Like, oh, I never seen that side of you. Things bring out things in people that you've never known, even if from the beginning, the interview process, even until the present time, you're still learning that person. But I'm saying, don't set yourself mm -hmm. up with expectations of this is the perfect person because that's a lot mm. for someone else to carry and then when they don't carry that out you find yourself in arguments where you were supposed to be this mm -hmm. and you know you're calling out things that people are supposed to be when that person really isn't that and they're looking at themselves like hold on how did you how, how are you viewing me so that's a lot to put on somebody erica pass or play <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> I'm going to say a few things, but yeah, she's so yes. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, how does that follow? How does that follow through with the concept of consistency of routine? Because there's a perfection. There is a there's a underlying or undertone aspect of perfection to routine or consistency. So, what's your take on that? I don't, I don't really have expectation with another individual. I feel like you know when you're telling me who you are, it's up to me to believe that and to see that for myself you know and that's why i go back mm -hmm. to saying you know if this is a person i can truly rock out with and you know this has been become you know really fun for me in terms of you know communication just the effortlessness and being able to talk to this person you know i don't have to walk on eggshells i don't have to feel like oh my gosh how am i going to prepare my statement or you know do i have to look a certain way today or you know if i talk to him do i have to sound a certain way or do i just want to feel like i have no inhibitions you get what i'm saying mm. but when it comes to the relationship if you ask me you know so what is your your health in your routine, your nutrition routine, like, and I tell you, you know, hey, I'm a clean eater. I love to work out five to six times a week. Would you like to become my workout partner? Maybe that's something we can enjoy together. And that's our thing. I don't want to see like a year or two later. It's like, you know what? <laughs> Have that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It never really was my thing. I just it's, did it. It's true. You know what I'm saying? And I certainly don't want you to turn around to me and say, by the way, you know, from time to time, I've been enjoying, you know, this weed and this marijuana. I just didn't want to tell you that either. But I mean, you know, I right. who you are and mean who you are. And I, and you know, I feel like at this point, this day and age, you can own that. There's nothing wrong with owning that. I mean, there's so many freedoms, and you know, people can choose and be who they want to be. So, I mean, to me, it's just like, you know, the old saying, keep it real. I just, I cannot stomach the, the false realities. I just, I can't do it. And I right. think that's a lot of, you know, what I've dealt with in relationships. You know, I've been in a relationship where, you know, someone was non-denomination Christian and literally left the Lord. Like, you know what, it just makes a man weak. I've been in a relationship where, you know what, it's like, why does your breath smell like nicotine? <laughs> like, what is happening? 
been in situations where it's like, you know what? I hate your dog. I just, I don't like your dog. <laughs> and I'm like, you, know you told me you like animals. So I just, I can't do the false realities. It's like, you know, just keep it real, keep it 100. <laughs> interesting. That That's real interesting. So then I, I got to divert it to the fellas because I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning from, from you all, especially on this particular topic. So I'll start off with Oscar and then end off with Lewis. Um, so which one would you say is more, more painful or detrimental? Is it the disappointment that they didn't continue their follow through like Erica and Jalan said, or is it the untrustworthiness, uh, the deceit or the deception that over this period of time, you felt that you were deceived in a truth that wasn't in existence or no longer existed? Well, my response is gonna be definitely subjective. Um, you know, when a person decides to step outside of a relationship after X amount of years and X amount of children and you're left to raise three kids by yourself because this person was chasing what they thought they wanted, you know, um, that's deep for me. You know what I mean? So for me, you know, when you turn your back, not just on me, but the the commitment that we have to me that that cuts deep. You know what I mean? Especially if and yeah. you, and, you know, there's a saying that guys, you know, when we're young, you know, we don't like to make commitments and, and right, stuff like right. that. Right. I was the type of guy that when I was 15, I knew I wanted to get married. Me too. And me too. That, and me I, too. I, when I was in Miami, I walked through this church that I was a part of when I was living in Miami at the age of 15. And the first thing I said out of my mouth, and not because I saw girls or anything, but I walked into the sanctuary, it was empty. And I said, I'm gonna find my wife in this church. Mm. That's, that's at age 15. So for me, it wasn't about, you know, being a player, being out there, just kind of testing the water, sowing my royal oats. And it, it wasn't about any of that, right? Right. And then my expectation is I'm gonna find somebody who wants to be relationship and that we're going to work through this we're going to work through the challenges we're going to get through this but when you know someone ups and leaves because uh you know i turned a certain year age things are different i'm different you know and i just want to leave and there's no justification i just want to leave and i want to pursue mm. something else you know um uh, for me and obviously that's a personal uh, uh, situation. You know, that, that, that's, that's devastating. You know what I mean? You know, we bounced, I know I bounced back from it, you know, um, and full disclosure, you know, I was, I was left to raise three kids, you know, by myself. You wow, know? so that story was about you. Okay, got it. Of course, you know, um, a 13 year old, a 12 year old, a nine year old you know, two girls and a boy, 
you know, mm -hmm. so for me to answer that question, you know, is all is definitely subjective, you know. Fair. Fair, fair. Um, Lewis, you're mu you're muted, by the way. Uh, sorry about that. Um, oh, okay. I, I mean, I can. I don't have any kids, and um, but I, I know I have ten brothers and sisters, and I have thirty-two nieces and nephews. And I wow. know two of my brothers are raising kids by themselves. So trust me, man. I, that's that's all. That's love right there. You know what I'm saying? And this, you don't find that you know, that go on on a normal basis. And it's kind of almost not even looked at as being something that's wonderful, even though it's, it's normal to you because you love, it's yours. You know, mm. we, you don't get that much light. You know, we always hear the other side. So much, definitely right. much love, much love. Um, for me, I think in this day and age and where we are in our lives, um, I'm 62. So... No, I'm joking. I'm not. <laughs> I was about to say, like, yo, what? What are you juicing? Right here. What are you juicing, oh, brother? Like, what is you juicing, brother? I know. Yeah. Right? Is that so is much. that that kombucha? <laughs> it's stupid. But in this day, in this day and age, I don't look at things as requirements. I don't look at things like expectations, because yeah. I think if you want to do something where we are in our lives, I'm hoping you've gone through all your struggles. You've gone through all your mishaps. You've gone through all the things that you needed to do and you have learned better. So when you're telling me you wanna be in a relationship, one of the things I'm, I'm probably asking myself about you is, okay, so uh, you've done those things that got the kinks out. You've done all those things, you know, the inconsistencies or, you know, the, the same one thing and not meaning another. Um, I'm hoping that those are the things that you've gone through in your life since you're saying, I'm ready for a relationship. I'm ready to be with someone. You know what I mean? So I kind of look at it as, um, I don't really necessarily believe in falling in love. I had to learn that. So let me tell you what I mean by that. And when I talk to some of my clients um, about certain things and we kind of go through certain situations, I really so wholeheartedly believe in growing in it. You have to grow in love. I mean, in this day and age, falling cannot be guided if you haven't grown and learned what love is. Most people fall in love and they fall and drift and not understand what's going on. So they do things like tell you I'm going to church on Sunday, every Sunday with you, knowing they don't really wanna to go to church every Sunday with you. That, this is what, what falling in love and doing anything, because love makes you do things you don't normally do. Love makes you do things that you sometimes you can't keep up or be consistent with. And that can almost damage your relationship. So I believe in when you meet someone, you know, I, I believe in necessarily growing with that person and doing all those necessary things so we can grow and understand what love is. Even with the love languages, I, I really believe the language you should learn is the language you learn with each other that becomes unique for you two. And when you do that, it becomes hard to break that bond between you two. You ever seen two ugly folk walking together down the street? Come on. You ever seen two, let's, let's keep it real. You'd be like, how in the world? I know we're trying to keep this righteous, but right. man, 
I'm struck, but then you call on God. You be like, God, come on, come on, God, look, hook a brother up. <laughs> but think about it. There's some things that that what happened in that couple that they've learned and developed something unique about what they have. And whatever it is, I believe in developing that with the person that you're with. And for me, it's about growing because growing is something you always have to do when you say I do, when you're in the marriage and in order to understand what longevity is. You don't stop growing once you find the person that you're with. That becomes a problem because complacency sits in. Then you figure out, wow, I really don't like the way this person is doing certain things. But during the growth process, listening, feedback, um, checkups, where we are, doing those necessary things to stay with each other in tuned with who you are so that you don't grow apart. The mm. falling has to be guided because you ever fell in love and then you fall out and then you wonder what happened? No one called, he don't call me no more? I wonder what happened. Like, we don't do these things. Oh, we're not friends no more, but I thought we supposed to be friends before we are lovers. So now we were friends, now we're lovers, and now you cut me off. So we're not friends either. Mm. I have I have to I teach people to try to be careful with some of those things. And the biggest thing for me is if you are not connecting, you are automatically neglecting. I tell people that mm. all the time. If you are not connecting, you're it's an automatic that you're doing that. And yeah. the connection with your mate is an everyday, all day thing. And it doesn't necessarily mean you talking. It just means you know where each other, where each other, where you are. Um, you communicate, you understand, you have a plan together of the different things that you want to do, where you want to go, and how you want to do that. When you have certain things in place, you don't have time to be in somebody else's face trying to figure out, oh yeah, you, you thank you for telling me good, nice things. You're even worried about that because you got your thing going, but you're forever growing with the partner that you with. And I continue to see that. And even in some of the couples that I talk to, you know, I always ask them, well, what do you want? They're like, they really don't know because they still don't even know each other. You don't know each other. That's why you're not growing with each other. You starting to look outside. And like my brother Oscar said, you know, you, you start to, I don't, it's crazy how you start to do other things outside your relationship, what makes it very, very difficult to do the things within your relationship. So I, consistency, all some of those other things, I had to learn better of who I was and how I used to be programmed. I had to get rid of what that was, reprogram my mind about who God sees me as a man, what he wants me to do, and redirect my efforts and those necessary things to do the right thing. And it caused me to let go a lot of stuff. And that's why I don't take that class when someone um, stops doing the things that they used to. I don't take that, I don't ask the whys. They just haven't learned. They don't understand. Um, so to kind of answer your question, it, it's the, the having those things where, um, you know, the expectations and all those necessary things, nah, not for me we have to really understand, can I grow with you? You know, I know you look good, you got a good job and you got money, but money, I mean, I see rich folk toe up from the flow up. <laughs> I mean, y'all know that, yeah. but yet you see poor folk 
who stick together. Why? Mm-hmm. There is something that's missing, not in our culture, or not only in our culture, you know, having the highest single rate of Black women with kids. There's something wrong in our culture that we're not doing right. But yet we see some of these other cultures who don't have everything, but they have something that we're looking to get from them. And that's love, trust, and family. And some things we just need to give, we just unfortunately can't give up certain things. And we can't give up, we cannot give up what we used to do because everything that we used to do, we bring in what we wanna do. And if it didn't work before, you can't bring it into what you wanna do. It's not gonna work, it's not gonna continue to work anyway, so. Exactly. Another interesting question. Um, It says, I want a person who has their stuff together or I want someone smart. What are you truly asking for that will not intimidate you while not being unqualified posh? So let me read that again. What is, I want a person who has their stuff together or I want someone smart. Let's start right there. And Leo, can you can wow. you begin to elaborate on this? Because this was one of the questions that you presented. And I love how this is tying along because this is actually one of the questions that I wanted to get to. And then Oscar, I would like to um, go through your question next. That one is a huge one <laughs> for me. But Leo, touch on this one, please. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've heard this I've heard this before in my my youthful, you know, conversations with uh, women, of course, and they've always said, you know, I wanted somebody who has their stuff together, or you know, they said that I want someone smart. And yet, from my experiences, I can't speak for anyone else, but from my experiences, I've I've presented that not with the intentions of meeting that specific request. But I've met it by which there's always been an intimidation to it, as if Mm. I see it, I have it. But I've literally had women say that you're, I'm not the right one for you or you're too good for me. (laughs) So it's one of those interesting questions. I'm sorry, what happened? How did you take that? Well, first I laugh because I do find it humorous um, because I, I don't see how I'm intimidating. Um, I've, I've, <laughs> I don't see how I'm intimidating. And I think over time, I've kind of unfortunately equated it to the culture downplaying intelligence, but elevating the appearance of fame and, and celebrityism, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. I think that the... I think that the idea of saying that you have someone smart or that they have their stuff together is more verbally appealing than actually receiving that very gift or embracing that gift. There are times and situations where you can have a conversation, whether it's with your spouse or whether it's with your friends. And you may entertain a topic that you have no clue. There are individuals that will feel like, oh, you're being extra, or you're doing too much. Or you may feel that way as well. You may say, oh, you're being too extra, or you're doing too much. 
And the real question to me is what is influencing you to want to say that? Not what is influencing you to receive that message, but what is it, what is influencing you to say such a thing by which you feel like you can't participate in the learning journey um, <laughs> rather than, you know, entertain it and give it a shot. And even if you're wrong, learn from your errors. I mean, I think sometimes school back in the days for us, I don't think they do it now because digitally they just give you the answer with no reason why. But <laughs> I know I know back in my days. For real, for real, for real. Back in my heydays when we used to do Scantrons, I don't know about you guys and your virtual schooling, <laughs> but um, whenever we'd have tests or quizzes and you know you got questions wrong, you actually had the opportunity of doing the makeup work. And the great thing about <laughs> doing the makeup work was to see where you went wrong in that particular question and how you could learn how to further apply it maybe on the final or whatever. I think it works the same exact way with conversations that you may not be familiarized with um, when it comes down to those smart conversations. And, it, and I'm not talking about political situations because politics will always be subjective, never really objective, um, unless you are able to have those mature conversations without letting your emotions, you know, spill all over the table. But even regular questions or, or conversations that you can have about, let's say we mentioned fitness earlier, you know, we mentioned spiritualism. What about reading? You know, something as nuanced as reading, you know, obtaining knowledge and like, hey, you know, when was the last book that you read? Or, you know, what did you gather from it? Just even those unique Barnes and Nobles type of questions are the questions that usually get kicked to the curb or to the side. And for me, what I've always wondered and wanted to you know, request from the women is, you know, what is it that charges or maybe potentially influences either the old you, the present you, or hopefully not the future you in asking for something that you feel like you're not truly ready or prepared for? Mm -hmm. Because if, if, if it's there and you do have your quote unquote faith in God, why would you block your blessing? Yeah. You know? Um, so it's, that's where that question kind of, you know, spawned from was obviously my previous experiences, but even just regular basic dialogues with individuals that even amongst their friends, if a conversation seems to get, you know, logical or philanthropic or critical thinking or whatever, just challenges your norm just for, just for fun, just to kind of explore ideas or concepts it's always you're doing too much or you're too extra or yeah he's not my type he's ugh, you know so right, right. that's where that came from well to answer that erica knows this very well um there's to me twofold i feel like i've dated a guy who was very intellectual very book smart very you know thought-provoking conversations but i think that was all he was about he didn't know how to have fun he didn't know how to be lighthearted and laugh and joke. And, and I felt like for me to be constantly always like, oh gosh, I got to think about everything. Everything has to be a philosophical conversation. It didn't allow us to grow together. You know what I mean? I am very open to learning because I don't know everything. I don't have the answers to everything. Um, just growing up in different households, different fields of study, like whatever you choose to develop your mind from, 
by reading or travel, whatever it is that you have gained experience, I feel like you should be able to learn and share from each other. And mm -hmm. another aspect of that was that he felt like he couldn't learn anything from me just because he put himself on the pedestal of, I'm this intellectual, what do you have to teach me? And so mm. I think when people, I know from my experience, if I were to encounter someone like that again, I would probably be very cautious because I don't mind the intellect. I'm, I think I'm an intellectual person. I think I, you know, am open to learning new things and I, I educate myself and I'm, I've been educated, but at the same time, I think it's about balance. I think it's about knowing what you bring to the table, but also what you can get from the table, what that other person is serving you as well. And not just forcing your intellect on them all the time. You know, I think there's a time and a place for everything. There's Netflix and chill, and we could talk about philosophy, we could talk about, you know, the ways of the world, just whatever, but I don't think it should be all the time. I think balance is key here to developing, you know, a place where you don't feel intimidated and not making that other person feel intimidated. So, and also not shooting someone down because you haven't heard something. For instance, I shared one time, because I'm a bio major, and I shared a piece of information that I learned when I was in, you know, in class in college, you know, fun fact about, you know, how the body metabolizes sugar. And it was like, well, I've never heard that. So it can't be true, you know? And it's like right. sharing something <laughs> that I know for a fact and you shot me down because you've never heard that because you have a totally different mindset, totally different field of study but you consider yourself this intellectual. So it's like, mm. okay, so I guess I won't, it, it you know, makes you shut down to where you feel like you're not offering or giving anything because it's like, well, you're the brains of the operation. I'm just here to look pretty. And so mm. I think with women, we're just as smart, but we want right. to be appreciated for our smartness as well and also respect you for yours. Right, right. I love that. He was probably eating a donut by the way, but yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Well, it, Leo, it was interesting what you said earlier about, you know, looking at the celebrity today. A lot of women are chasing the bag. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of women are getting in relationships to see what the relationship relationship can do for them. Excuse me. So I think for myself, it's more or less, you know, I, I do at this age, I do want a man, yes, who has his stuff together, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is his stuff and what does that mean? You know, his stuff together, it, it's right. going to have a few minuses, you know, I'm just hoping it's not lost screws up there and, you know, so forth. But, you know, I am thinking about, you know, hey, let's tap back into that subject career versus job. You know, does he have a career? You know, mm. is he coming to uh, at 40 plus? Is he coming to the table with children? You know, that's that's something. Am I going to be a bonus mom? You know? Um, mm. I think of my goal. <laughs> BM. Do they, do they run parallel with his goals? I like to travel. Does he want to, you know, see the world? I mean, you know, coronavirus, yes, but after and post all of that, you know, 
what do we have in common? What are our commonalities? And what does it really mean to have one stuff together? You know what I'm saying? So I think what you and Jalon said ties in, you know, very well. Um, but that celebrity thing, that is my confusion. A lot of people are pretentious, especially here in Atlanta. I've, that's been my downfall. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's been a huge downfall. I'll wait my turn. Go ahead, Oscar. <laughs> I know you had a question. <laughs> I know you had a question, brother. I know you had a question. So I will pass and wait for my turn for the play. No, I think uh, Erica, you wanted to um, back on another topic, I think. Or... Yes, yes, okay. yes. Will you present your question? I like the way that you presented your question in our chat group. Can you ask that question so that you can verbalize it the way that everyone should hear it? Uh, which one? Um, I think it, oops, sorry. It was a couple of them, right? Lael says, term of the day, BM, bonus. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Um, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm looking through our, because okay. there was a couple of topics we threw out there, right? Yes. And take your time. Um, we're we're live right now as well, and we have. Yeah, I found it. Okay, awesome. Everyone is loving okay, this conversation. So I'll just read it. Uh, oh, sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. We're ready for you. Okay, so I'll read it as I wrote it, and then expound on it. So um, he or she never says thank you or shows appreciation. Should he or she even? say thank you at all. After all, he or she is supposed to do X, Y, Z. Okay, <laughs> let, me, let, me add, let me say, read it again. Okay, he or she, right, never says thank you in the relationship or even shows appreciation. Is she or is he even supposed to say thank you at all when the other person does something, gives something, whatever because after all for example why should i not me oscar but why should the man or the woman even say thank you because that other person is supposed to do that whatever xyz is does that make sense can i answer that um <laughs> okay so um it's a great question but i'm i'm kind of confused why that's even a question for the mere fact that I thought common courtesy was a, a excellent form of appreciation in the first place. So the idea that you should leave compliments or common courtesy or that essence of chivalry is absent. To me, that's that's a nine, as a 10, as a 11. Yeah. I think that's yeah. ridiculous. Um, I think it's ridiculous to not show appreciation for your spouse. It, I don't. I don't know. I, I. I can only simplify it as that. I thought it's common courtesy, if, you know, oh babe, you made you made dinner. Thank you very much. I appreciate you for doing that. Um, it's that's just the basic communic. That's communications basics one hundred and one. Now, if we were going to go into an advanced communication aspect, um, this is something that I learned from a class. I had nothing to deal with relationships between you know your spouse but just individuals in general and and i see that it actually is you know it, it works all all the way around saying thank you for a specific reason 
is much is even more valuable than just saying thank you for doing this or doing that you know you don't have to go into like a long paragraph or essay as to why they did what they did but it could be as something as simple as you know thank you very much erica for allowing all of us to be here and to communicate during these particular times during the pandemic but more so the cultural and behavioral pandemic between relationships mending or relationships coming together and you know we we think that this is going to be very powerful and impactful something as simple as that i i know i got cookie points but something as simple as that as targeting <laughs> the, the the thanks should be something that's much more advanced whether it's taught from you know relationship counseling that could be implemented but from a basic level saying thank you or would you be so kind or i appreciate you to me I'm sorry, for me, that should be basics 101. And there, and I'm sorry, I, I, I don't mind taking the shots. There's no excuse for not having that implemented mm -hmm. in any relationships by any means necessary. If you mm -hmm. can say thank you to God, you can say thank you to your spouse, point blank, and the period. Oh, and, so, and so I think I mentioned in the last talk that we had, that there's a men's group that I used to run. And one of the consistent things that I heard a lot of men say is, man, I don't feel appreciated at home. You know, or I don't feel appreciated by my girlfriend, you know? And so guys, we look at, man, you know, I went to work, you know, I brought home the bacon, you know, uh, I pay the mortgage, I take care of the bills, I help with the kids, but I still don't feel appreciated and one of the byproducts is, man, I don't hear thank you. Or I don't, you know, hear, man, you know, I saw you did that little thing, you know, you took care of this, you know, around the house, you know, I really appreciate that. I value you. So I think a lot of guys kind of going back to the main topic of the whole day, what do women want versus what do men want? I think for a lot of men, we want to know that we are appreciated. Not necessarily because, you know, I bought you a card or roses, but it's just being appreciated for who we are in the relationship and vice versa. I want to do women feel like, do you feel appreciated in the relationship? Do you feel like you should show appreciation or nah, he's a man, he's supposed to do those things. I don't have to say I appreciate it. I don't have to say X, Y, Z. Because like Leo said, there's certain values that should be already woven in the fabric of a relationship just by virtue of we're two human beings created God, but not everybody sees appreciation the same way. Yes. So I wonder if that's, and again, I'm not making an excuse, but I am trying to bring awareness to it for, as something to think about. Can we say that that may be a byproduct of the environment by which either the person has grew up in and not seeing appreciation as a valuable asset? Or is it possibly the emotional and relationship abuse that they may have endured in the past by which now they take they they carry that hurt as well over and become that person who lives by the idea or ideals of hurt people hurt people mm -hmm. um 
that it's it's a question that I I want to raise to the ladies because I do know that you know for women as we've expect as we've heard you know expectations routines consistency is is very valuable and maybe that might be a disconnect with as you mentioned with the men where these consistencies and these routines and these expectancies by which they're being fulfilled there's no form of genuine gratitude being shown to it. So I, I would want to question the women's thoughts and ask, is that something that is programmed? And if it is programmed, can you deconstruct that program to um, a new idea by which you're much mm -hmm. more appreciative of the man, which thus gives value to those activities. I have to really give credit to love languages because prior to that, I really had um, just a really hard time trying to understand, you know, relationship and, you know, how my mate wants to be loved. And I think that it's the art of communication and saying, you know, I enjoy when we do this. I feel like this when you do that to me you know the art of communication is allowing someone to know I don't necessarily think that you know you would need to tell someone to tell you thank you but if you know what you just described someone has trauma or they just did not learn <laughs> you know the beautiful words thank you and how that's supposed to be received you know that should be communicated you know I enjoy when you tell me thank you I enjoy when you express you know whether or not you like the meal that I created for us, you know, that goes a long way. And I think for me, I'm the overcompensator. Like I love to throw the cherry on top. So I'm not just going to verbalize how that particular moment made me feel. I'm going to show you, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to reciprocate that because it's important to me to elevate that so that we both have, you know, that, that um, appreciation together. We share that. And whether that be sexually, whether it be, you know, I'm going to form a date for us, it's Friday, whether it just be, you know what, babe, you know, grab them and kiss them and, you know, hey, I did this for you, whatever it is, I want you to feel achieved. I want you to feel like your wife sees you, she feels you, and I want you to immerse yourself in that. So that's huge. And I believe that that too is the art of communication and showing someone because it's like, you know what? that felt hella good. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Rewarding. Um, I wanted to say as well, I agree with Erica on, you know, the love languages. Um, I do think that with my own experience, I never knew until I read that book that people felt that way because you feel like you're showing your love for them by doing what you think they will perceive as love for them. So if I'm, quality time is definitely my love language because I feel like spending time with that person, it just, we could be doing nothing at all, but being in your presence, and that could be quality, you don't have to be doing anything, but quality would be me being with you and just enjoying each other's company. But I never knew that there were other aspects to being in a relationship. I just thought, because you're definitely with that person, spending time, you're in a relationship, you, you're committed, but that's what a relationship was. Didn't know that there was acts of service, didn't know that there was words of affirmation, physical touch, you know, um, giving gifts. 
where people do feel appreciated until I feel like, like Erica said, there's nothing wrong with verbalizing. Hey, you know, when you did this, I felt like this because I'm not a mind reader. I'm not going to know right off the bat what your love language is. I feel like it's okay to communicate to that person what you need from them. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know, I, you know, I love it when you say thank you, or I love it when you show appreciation by, you know, giving a compliment or, you know, expressing yourself with words, because not everybody is a physical touch or everybody is a word, um, sorry, giving and, you know, things like that. So if we're talking specifically about saying thank you, words of affirmation, then I feel like having that conversation kind of opens that person's eyes. It's giving them the tools to help them understand you better, you know, um, because it just, it shows that you, you want to get to know them. It shows that you're putting an effort to understand them. And so I feel like it deepens that bond. I feel like it's, it's okay to communicate even that. Now, basically somebody holds the door for you, thank you. Some people don't, some people didn't learn thank you. Some people weren't taught as a young, at a young age, you know, the pleasantries and things like that. So yes, I feel like some of it can stem from upbringing or trauma or not seeing <laughs> that growing up. Not everyone had a perfect household where they had two parents or, you know, if, even if they had two parents, it was not a good, good relationship between their parents and things like that. But I feel like at some point you get out into the world and you learn even that on your own saying and doing certain things that is societally accepted. So I feel like there isn't a lot of leeway with saying, I didn't know to say thank you, you know, at, at some point in your life. But I feel like maybe understanding how important it is can be um, discussed. So let me ask you a question then ladies, and this is probably kind of controversial because I've heard that before that, um, you know, well, I didn't know your language of love, you know, tell me, you know, X, Y, Z, <laughs> but the same appreciation that maybe the man is seeking, you actually give it to other people. Mm. It could be other friends. It could be other male friends and some women. It's not that, oh, you don't know the language of love. You ain't giving you know, it to me. You, you're not giving it to me <laughs> consistently but you are expressing that, for example, if if a guy likes um, uh, I don't know, just something that 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 you know that guy's language love may be affection, right? You know, uh, a physical affection, not sexual per se, all the time, but just a hug or, or something like that. Some women like, oh well, you know, why you always want me to 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 hug you, but yet you're hugging other people consistently. Mm. I raised my eyebrow on that one. Mm -hmm. So, and when I, I'm not talking about hugging other men, no. but hug just, you know, you may hug other, you may be a natural hugger to other people, but you're not hugging your husband. It's just, for example, if, if a wife says, hey, my language of love is, you know, I love gifts, you know, cards, you know, uh, flowers, chocolate, you know, the whole romance stuff. So let's say I, the man, do that for a period of time. 
right? Because that's what you say you like. But then I taper off and I stop giving you that. Not because we have issues, but I just stop. But I'm doing that for maybe my aunt, mom, sister, friends, but not doing it to you. And you don't feel appreciated. So it's not that I don't know your language of love. I'm just no longer consistent. So I want to find out why do women, some women, get to the point where they allow their expression of whatever it is, their commitment gets eroded. What, what happens that causes the erosion over time? Not if the guy cheated, not if because, you know, X, Y, Z. What, what are some of the reasons why the relationship gets, or your, ex, your, your commitment to the relationship gets corroded? I will honestly say for myself, I believe it's because you get so used to expecting what he does for you. You're mm -hmm. so spoiled in expecting. And that word expecting is huge because, you know, we talked about expectations earlier. And, you know, no one is committed, you know, to do anything more for you than you are for them. You know, this is, this is, exactly. a, thank you. This is an equal, thank show, you. <laughs> you know, so, you know, when we, <laughs> when we come to the table and we talk about matters, that is important. And I think a lot of women, you know, goes through one ear and out the other, because, you know, we have this thing in us where it's like, you know, what have you done for me lately? Like the Janet Jackson song. And, I know you are. <laughs> and it's like, you know, we have to learn to reciprocate. It's highly important to reciprocate. So to answer your question, I just, I believe that it's a comfort zone. I believe, you know, <clears throat> male is naturally known as a provider and the protector. And we just naturally get spoiled in that mode where it's like, you know what? This is what he does for me. This is what he better do for me. Girl, we have the tendency to talk to our girls. Girls, he didn't do this or, you know, Oh, let me tell you what happened. And do you notice? Uh, no, we need to be reciprocal. And I think that, you know, that is definitely lost in this day and age. As I said earlier, you know, a lot of women are achieving like this, this foundation where it's like, I know what I need for me and I know who I want to be. I know that in three to five years, this is what I want to achieve. This is a level of success I want to have. I want to model the Beyonce's and the Cardi B's. And, you know, it's, it's, it's totally, it's, it's really faded. It's faded. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the men are getting wiser. You know, I have mm -hmm. so many friends that are turning to me and saying, you know, I'm getting a vasectomy. You know, no woman is going to um, no. that bag. You know, a, a lot of men are turning around and saying, you know, I know what women are about. And nowadays it's more or less, you know, what can I get out of a relationship more so than, you know, how can I commit myself to a man and achieve marriage? Mm. So mm. It, it's sad. Call me old fashioned, you know, but it, it, it is what it is today. And, and it's, it's unfortunate. That's your opinion. I don't, I'm not going to say that's what it is today. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you speaking your right of how you feel about it. But at the end of the day, I just feel like when it comes to two people I'm that's sorry. dealing with you each other. I need to interrupt you. Where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, people? Now, I was, I was, 
I was at Papa Do's. That's why I really couldn't just like bring y'all into my food situation. So I, I apologize. You know what I'm saying? But I don't have no problem falling in within the conversation and where y'all at because I don't have no problem comprehending where y'all at. But I mean, just my, my opinion of thought, like, I just feel like, man, when it comes to two people, it should have a lot of communication, ask a lot of questions, and, and just, you know, feel natural about the situation. All that outline and trying to go by these type of rules, like, you know, just flow with the situation with one another. And if, and if it, it don't feel right, talk about it. And if it ain't what it is, then move on. It shouldn't be that complicated when you're dealing with an individual if it ain't what it is. It shouldn't be all these guidelines. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm only speaking from my experience, so it's my opinion too. But that at, at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying, I feel like it should just it should just flow, and you don't have to have too much worry on your mind. I mean, I'm in my 40s. A couple of other cats maybe on the other end, maybe within there is like, we're at the point where that we just trying to find peace and be happy with an individual that we can just enjoy our life with. We ain't in 20s, 30s, um, like early 30s. So, I mean, all that, what you're saying, like five years. First of all, you need to be blessed for every day that you wake up because God could take you at any time. You know what I'm saying? So all this pre-planning, like this is what I want in five years. It's a lot of things that we do want. But to be happy to be next to that person that you really feel deep about, that's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't be, I don't know, maybe because, you know, I'm looking at it like what's going on in the world and some of my friends that I know I went to high school with that's probably younger than me, they're already gone. So at this time right now, it's like enjoy the individual that you're with and the things that you can solve, let's solve them out and move forward that's and be happy with concept. them. That's a beautiful concept, but as a woman sitting in hair salons, nail shops, having girlfriends and excessive conversations with women, they are analyzing where they want to be three to five years from now. And the man, the man essentially, and, and, and this is not in all cases, but the man is being used, the man is being used, not all the time, but in a dating phase, yes, a man is being used so that they can level up. And that's that's bad modern day. I'm telling you, that is what a lot of women are doing. But to go back to Oscar, yeah, to go back to what Oscar was saying, I believe that inside of the home, you know, there needs to be an appreciation. You know, thank you never gets old in any relationship. I don't care if it's in the workplace. Thank you is 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 just a given. Like you you say thank you, but the art of reciprocity the art of thank you, the art of communication, what Oscar's talking about, those are key components. And I believe that every relationship should own that. And what I was gonna say was the fact that, you know, having read that book again, um, yes, it may be unnatural for you because that's not your love language. Again, it's coming outside of yourself. Right, right. Show that person each and every day you're together that they're that you appreciate them and the 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 wavering off the tapering off it takes effort because it's not natural you're naturally wanting to love them how you want to be loved and that's the that's where the work comes in so the tapering off is that's not natural for that woman to at first you you because i told you what i wanted and that's why people say oh people don't change 
because they'll change for a little bit if you come to them with something oh you're doing this you're doing that to hurt my feelings or whatever they'll change for a little bit and then they go back to where they were because it's not natural for them it takes effort to say you know what let me take a second today i'm gonna make an effort to like how you affirm yourself you can affirm your relationship i'm gonna make an effort to make my mate feel appreciated today in all aspects and you have to get up every day. It's a new, every day is a new day to where you start over. You don't bring what, you know, carry on from the last week to every day you got to start over and start fresh and make sure that you're doing those things. Because if you don't, it's going to die. And that person will eventually stop feeling appreciated. Because again, I get what you're saying. You, you hug your mom, you hug, but you don't see your mom every day. You don't see your sister every day. You don't see, you know, so if you're with your spouse every day, like Erica said, sometimes it becomes routine. So that person is there. My husband is going to pay the bills. I know we're going to be straight, but at the same time, yes, he will for the rest of the time y'all are together to you guys either you know, separate or close your eyes in sleep, but you have to put that effort in. You, you have to make sure that you're doing it every single day. And I believe it's a willingness to want to. It's burdensome. It shouldn't be an obligation. You know, Absolutely. men, they are hard at the core, but they are, I'm not saying that they're soft, but they have feelings. Men have feelings, you know, and men want to feel appreciated. Men want to feel like, you know what, I'm seen. You know, this woman, this is my wife. I got her, you know, so I want to feel the same way. I want to understand that she's got me. And some words don't even need to be spoken. You know, go in there and take care of your man the way that you know he likes to be taken care of and only you know. So that's that's my whole take on that. I, 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 Miles Monroe, you guys remember Dr. Miles Monroe? Yes. Okay, so Dr. Miles Monroe, you know, he passed away, he and his wife, unfortunately, a number of years ago. But you, when you talk about understanding how God made men and how God made women. I mean, he would break it down, even down to how God made the anatomy of men versus the anatomy of women. For example, um, women are naturally built as a receiver, right? Men are physically built to give. Once the two come together in union, as they're supposed to be, the man gives and makes a deposit into the woman, but she has been gifted and anointed and graced to carry life and create another life, right? But there comes a time where, where people feel like, hey, man, I'm doing all this giving and giving and giving in the relationship and I'm not getting anything in return from what men think, right? Flip side, and ladies, feel free to correct me. You have some women like says, hey, I'm supposed to be receiving. I'm supposed to be receiving. Matter of fact, I don't need you to make a deposit. I can do this on my own and I'll create on my own. So I don't need you. And so what happens is in relationships, we get out of our place where the man says, you know what, I'm gonna stop giving. And the woman says, you know what? Well, I don't need you anyway. And then there's this constant conflict and we're, but we're, we're bumping heads. We, we withhold from each other what we're naturally 
supposed to give and do for each other mm -hmm. versus just saying, hey, you know what, let's come together in unity so that we can create a beautiful thing. It may not be a child, but the relationship is designed by God to create a beautiful thing. And I think what happens is, back to our conversation before, I think uh, uh, Leo probably brought up the, the, the discussion of Adam and Eve when you know the fruit was taken, both of them got to the point where it's like, we're blaming each other, we're at odds now. We're, 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 not even, we're not even in the place that we're supposed to be. And so we're constantly bumping heads. And it's hard for people to, to grow in relationship. And we're constantly, you know, thinking about ourselves, not giving, not receiving, and just want to focus on what am I going to get out of a relationship? If I don't get it, then I'm out. Yeah. And that's, that's the sad part about it. And it's so lazy minded. Yeah. I love that, Oscar. Work. That's what I mean. It's a fresh start every day working towards that goal of making sure your mate is happy with you because what's the point of being together you know so Lewis for the sake of time I know we are at 10 p.m we have um our conclusion called solution time Lewis can you tell us what solution time means um I would think I would think solution would be even with the questions that we ask and the things that we're talking about you know, um, I know in some of the sessions I've done, I've always leave time for now, now what, right? We've, we've asked the questions, we have our opinions and we've done different things and people are listening. I'm pretty sure people are listening and we're learning from each other as well. What are some of the solutions that we can come up with um, that can move us forward or even apply um, to our lives so that we all can grow? Um, Instead of just, you know, we talk about certain things, what happened, what this is. So now what is the solution? What, what do we move forward with um, and doing certain things? So for me, you know, Oscar, I listened to your, I listened to your question. This is not a solution, but I really, I really believe we just don't know how to fight anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? And if we know how to fight, we know how to fight wrong. So the friction stays there because you know, we fight with our backs against the wall and that's just to survive, even if it means hurting the person I love or who's the closest to me. Not knowing mm -hmm. that I am fighting, almost killing the person that I've grown to build a life with, which invertly make you even sicker or make the relationship even worse. That's just my opinion of how I look at certain things. That's why I can hug my girl and even a boyfriend I know and not hug you because I want you to feel the pain that I'm feeling because of what we went through. So that's the only way I know how to fight. But I think part of that growth part is having those checkups where we're at. How do we come up with solutions? My mom always told me, she was like, Lewis, it's never um, about who's right. It's always about what's right. If you always do what's right, then the blame can never, you can never put too much blame on, on who did this and who did that. Let's have a place, whether if it's biblical, whether if it's in prayer, whether if it's going to God together, because we know that's where we can go and get the right answer. Yeah. If we can't go there, because that's the right thing to do. And you know what? It may not be a win-win. It may be we both lose, you know, for what we think we wanted, but at least we did the right thing and we know blessings 
come out of that because you start to realize we're attacking each other and not the problem. And once yeah. we get to a point where we attack the problem, we no longer look at us as if we're the problem, you know, and that should almost hopefully bring us stronger um, to each other. And Lee, I, you know, you, 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 you was talking about how um, part of your question was um, the whole consistency. Well, that probably wasn't your question, but the consistency thing, I believe it was, um, or going into your last uh, situation. For me, um, and this is not necessarily a solution, I just really think it's, it's tough when the growing is not there. I mean, it's so tough even trying to find someone to really be with when the growing is not there. And that means individual growth. Mm -hmm. If you don't have individual growth, there's no way we're going to grow together. Because we're looking at things different. We're looking at things through the filter of our own minds and our own brains of how we used to be. And I can throw something like, okay, what do you think about arguments? One person may be, I hate them. Oh my God, you know, I, I don't even, I, I just ignore. Then you have another person say, you know, I don't mind. It's not necessarily an argument because I love coming up with ways of how we can resolve it. Two different perspectives because we've, we've given that information and we've learned to filter it. I think that's how it is in all our relationships um, and the different yeah. things that we do. So that's my small little thing of what I think it's not, a, again, it's not a solution, but I think for people that's hearing, for people that's listening to us and, and where we're trying to go, I think we all can apply some type of solution to everyone's questions um, or even experiences that we've had. Yeah, that's good stuff. I love that. And I and I also think that it's about, you know, looking at a glass half full instead of glass half empty. You know, it's an attitude. And, you know, where you vow and commit to be with someone eternally, you know, it's it's all about how Jalan said, waking up every day and having the right attitude. You know, we're mm. not always gonna be in the mood. No. But you know, you have to put on that attitude, you know, and fulfill you know, what you vow to do, and that's to love, to honor. And I, I'm really strong with the term agape, you know, it's God's love, you know, sometimes it's hard to love that person. We could have argued yesterday and, you know, chosen not to allow the sun to set and we go to bed feeling, you know, still angry, but, you know, we resolved our bitter tension. And the next day, you know, it's still fresh and we, we don't want to really look at each other, but you resolve that anger within yourself you know, that being your attitudes that you can move forward in love, you know, um, God, Jesus, I mean, such a fine example. And we don't want to walk away from our mate feeling like, you know, we can turn our back on that individual and, and place judgment. But, you know, it's about turning to, to the problem and, and fighting against the problem and not each other. And I definitely feel like, you know, Oscar, with your questions tonight, it, it it definitely makes me even understand in my relationships how I can, you know, be a little bit more assertive in showing my gratitude, even if it's not a romantic relationship, you know, just allowing people to understand, you know, my gratitude. So I think it's, it's, it's very important, you know. Awesome. Yeah. So solution, solution. Leo, how do you, what do you take from our conversation, this being only part one? 
our first live discussion. What do you take from all of this, all of the questions? Um, all the questions were, were obviously valuable. Um, I think this overall you know, panel and, and platform gave us the opportunity to really speak on what's kind of like on the tip of our hearts. You know, I mean, I'm sure mm. there'll be an overflow and a flooding of many, many more. But um, so thank you for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but um, <laughs> thank you for that. But um, I would say one solution that I do have for um, one of the questions that we had asked is to don't be afraid to do a self inventory of self. Mm. We have, we as a culture have this bad habit, bad behavior, bad cultural generational chain by which we like pointing the fingers at other people and yet totally forget that there's three other fingers pointing back. Mm. And according to my knowledge, I'm not a mathematician, but the majority always wins. So if you have three fingers pointing back at you, at least you can do, if you're going to point your finger at that one person, ask yourself three times over, where are you going wrong? Um, because that allows not only self-development, but also situational development. So um, that's what I kind of want to share with, with everyone as a solution. Um, I'm a strong believer that we all know all the wrong answers, but there isn't an absolute right answer. There's just a variety of good answers. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. allow one of the good answer, you kind of allow, you allow one of the good answers to direct your path and your journey to define your experience and see where, where it goes. Um, so that's what I, I would like to leave. You know, manners make it the man as uh, the Kingsman movie said. So that's you know, good. <laughs> check, check, check yourself. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jalan. What do you take from our conversation and our and our viewers? What what counsel and wisdom can you offer them in conclusion? Uh, that's okay to communicate how you feel. I think if you communicate effectively, respectfully, that you can grow in your relationship. I think a lot of times we left thing we leave things unsaid, we leave things to chance, we leave things to develop and you know find its own way. But I feel like being intentional, making the effort, um, and just getting to know yourself, being open, being transparent, you know, it helps you grow and helps your relationship grow. So I feel like there's nothing wrong with being a little vulnerable um, and open. So I think we can learn that it's okay to have flaws as well, because I know a lot of times we don't want to show those scars and show those things that you know make us who we are um it's okay to show that because it shows that you are a real person no one wants to feel like they're engaging with someone who has just got it all together there's nothing wrong with having it together but have you you're putting on this facade that you've got it all together when you don't i think it's like well then where do i fit in your, your life how do i help you how do how do you help me so um, it's okay to be human, I think, is what I'm really trying to say at the end of the day. We're all human, but it's okay to be human. That is I, think, I think just being who you are, like, you know your character, your personality, just, just be who you are. Like, I know, and it sounds like, what I'm hearing sounds like, 
why battle against yourself when you know who you are and you know who you want to be, but you have to always, like, you know, double standard and, you know, try to have a reality check about should I do this or should I do that? And you have a natural being of yourself. Just, I mean, that's where I didn't got to the point of, like, I just, I know my, I know my, my weakness is nice, but that's who I am. I'm not going to fight against it. If I'm going to be nice, I'm going to be nice. But they'll tell me, Clay, you too nice. But I can only be who I am. You know what I'm saying? So why should I have to battle against something that I know that's my natural character? So I feel like if that's who you are, just be who you are. I mean, everything else is going to fall in line. You're going to feed. You're going you gonna, to you gonna understand, you know what I'm saying, the vibes and, you know, whatever, whoever you're dealing with. But at the end of the day, as long as you know you're being yourself, that's all that matters. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like don't battle against that. That's beautiful. And Oscar, can you take us out with with the conclusion, sweetheart? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, listening to, to everybody talk, and I think a really good point, actually, Jalan really touched on this. Um, we have to get to the point where we all need to sit down and listen and get better at listening in relationships. And practice, because she was talking about communication. Good communication is when we sit down and it, it, let's say you and I are talking and you're making a point, you're expressing your feelings, you know, something may hurt you, disappointed you, showing your expectations, you're sharing your dreams. It's my responsibility to literally sit back and use the two ears that God gave me to really listen to what you're saying and don't formulate responses, automatic responses. I don't always have to give advice, but I should have a responsibility to sit back and listen. And then after you've shared or your spouse has shared or your girlfriend, your boyfriend have a uh, significant other has shared what's on their heart, repeat to them what they told you before mm. you come back with a rebuttal. Right. So it's like, oh, so what you're saying is when I come at you this way, it made you angry, right? Yeah, okay. So when, you di when I didn't buy you flowers the other day, you felt like I was withholding affection from you, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but not in a negative way of saying, oh, you're saying I don't do nothing for you? Is that what you're saying? No, <laughs> actually repeat back what your significant other actually said. Then in response to that, you say, okay, well, either I really didn't know how that affected you. I didn't, really, I didn't know how my silence made you feel unappreciated. Or you know what? I didn't realize me going out all the time put it in your mind that maybe I'm cheating. You know, I didn't realize that. So God gave us two ears, like they say, and one mouth, so we can listen more than we speak. So to me, a solution back, it goes all back to communication, effective communication. I think Brother Lewis is talking about, which is really good, fighting that conflict. That conflict comes when we stop listening and we're really waiting for our time to throw a jab. Because mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm in the ring with you now. You offended me. 
You're not giving me what I used to do. We're not having sex like we used to. Or you're not buying me this. You're not doing this. You're not, you know, uh, doing X, Y, Z. You're not helping me with the kids. So I'm, I'm, we're just going to constantly fight. Versus, first of all, why are we even in a ring? We're supposed to be in a relationship. Mm. So that was it. I don't think we can do better than that. <laughs> all, all, you're just you're gonna, you're gonna leave us with the ring and the relationship. That's how you're gonna leave us. Oh, all right, fine. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a real good one, though. That was beautiful. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Whew. my cup is full. Runneth over. <laughs> that was beautiful. <clears throat> I like to get together with you guys again. <clears throat> and elaborate on more questions. And uh, we have sure. so many to go through. So um, we'll come back again in our live chat group and discuss um, when we would like to reconvene and have another panel discussion. I enjoyed this so much. I think all of you are wise beyond what you know, beyond what I can articulate. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I gained a lot tonight. Yeah, I think we all learned that. I definitely learned some stuff too. I'm glad mm -hmm. I met everyone here. I'm sorry I didn't meet last time. It was crazy. So please forgive me. Oh, it wasn't um, crazy. We, we know where you were. Everyone knows where you were that evening, but it's okay. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but um, right? I'm, I'm, I'm glad I finally get to meet everyone Um, and just the, the experience. It's I do a lot of uh, different I get to speak at a lot of different places. And mm -hmm. I know sometimes we can get to the point where, you know, the conversation can get real raw and sometimes, you know, conflict. But at the same time, I know, you know, we're at the point where we can actually give feedback and take criticism and have a better understanding of what it is without actually probably going out at each other's throat, you know, just because we disagree. Um, and I think that's so important because when we stop doing that, I think that's when we stop learning. Uh, I'm about yeah, learning. I'm about getting as much information as I can so I can share it or I can apply it. So thank you for sharing um, y'all information too. Thank you, Erica, for putting this together. This was yeah. a cool idea. I can't say it in a pandemic setting. So it was a, we were able to get, you know, to talk. It's like hard to get with people and have deep conversation like this. So thank you for orchestrating this this live, this meeting. You guys are the creator. And happy Sunday. Yes. You guys be safe. And I hope okay. you have a great second week in our new year. We yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm ready for 2022. Right. Oh, already? <laughs> already? Cheers to that. Erica knows. Cheers to that. All right, you guys. Wow. Hey, thank you so much and good night. Bye. Good night. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Be safe.